This film is lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian. I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. Look, some of us are lazy, all right? If by lazy you mean wrong. Prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide whether the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers. Because guess what? This film is lit. coming-of-age tale about a boy with a secret. It's Love, Simon, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to the 19th episode of This Film is Lit, the show where we talk about movies that are based on books. Today... Talking about Love Simon, which is currently out in theaters, just came out a couple weeks ago. We're mm-hmm. a little little late on it, but hasn't been out for too long. Uh, Love Simon, twenty eighteen film, directed by Greg Berlanti, based on the novel Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, uh, by Becky Albertalli. Albertalli, and let me double check. Twenty fifteen. Cool. So, a little bit older, but not too. Um, Before we start, I want to do this early. We had a lot of listeners on our latest episode for Ready Player One. If you listen and you're enjoying the show, do us a favor. Go rate us and review us on iTunes or whatever service you listen to us through. We normally do this at the end, but I figure I'd throw one up front. Because who knows how many people all get to the very end of the episode. But yeah, that's a, a big help. And we're getting, we're almost at 20 reviews or ratings on itunes so be those next two people rate us and review us those two times uh so we can get trending or whatever but only if you enjoy the show otherwise don't don't do that (laughs) but also if you don't enjoy then why are you listening so anyways let's move along before we get into our segments uh we're going to talk briefly about how we felt about the film a little like brief spoiler free review and a little brief spoiler free Summary for those of you who haven't seen it, if you want to listen. After those two things, we will get into our segments, which will have spoilers. So, you've been warned, as usual. (laughs) My name's Simon. For the most part, my life is totally normal. I have a family that I actually like, and there's my friends. We do everything friends do. We drink way too much diced coffee, walk gorging on carbs. So, I'm just like you, except I have one huge-ass secret. Hey! I like your your boots. I said I like your your boots. Goodbye. Nobody knows I'm gay. <sighs> Katie, what did you think of Love Simon? Oh, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super cute. <laughs> I thought it had a great emotional center. I thought it was well acted. What did you think of Love Simon? Oh yeah, I felt very similarly. I thought it was delightful. Um, I smiled a lot. It had lots of uh, solid uh, comedy uh, throughout that helped drive along 
or helped uh, complement the very uh, sweet emotional elements of the film as it went, uh, and I, I quite enjoyed it. I found myself, like I said, I found myself smiling throughout it. I uh, I had a few moments here and there where I, I you know, felt the the beginnings of tears. I never cried, but where you get those very emotional tugging on your heartstring moments. And uh, it was just a good, nice movie. Uh, very enjoyable. Very well done. Uh, well crafted, I will say, mm-hmm. um, for what it was trying to do. We'll, we'll get into some of my potential criticisms, but overall, eventually. But overall, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it was a great, great film. I would give it, you know, a solid A, a minus, maybe. Yeah. In that ballpark, yeah. maybe a B plus. Um, it, yeah, somewhere in there. Just like a really solidly. So, really well done, all great performances, well written. Yeah, just a few minor things here and there. Um, and some of the more subjective elements that, like I said, we will get into that I might criticize. But other than that, no, really good. So we both recommend it. You can stop right here if you haven't seen it and want to <laughs> go see it in theaters. Go check it out. If not, that's fine too. But uh, we, we would both recommend it. Cat, you have to stop. Are you done? Now, a brief summary, if you've made it this far and you don't care to go see the film, which you should, again, you should go see it. It's really good. But if you don't, we'll give you a brief summary so you have a little bit of a grounding for the things, what we're going to talk about here. Uh, Katie, how would you give a, how would you outline the story, avoiding spoilers, of Love, Simon? So our protagonist, Simon, is a high school boy, pretty normal. Um, he talks about how normal he is. A lot um, in the movie. And then he says, but I have one big secret. Mm-hmm. And this this isn't a spoiler. No, it's, it's in um, all the trailers. Yeah, it's yeah. in all the trailers yeah. and everything. And his big secret is that he is gay. Yeah. Um, but he's not out to anyone. Anyone, no. Um, not any friends, not any family, nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts up an email relationship with another student who goes to his high school who is also gay but not out to anyone and anonymous yes yes and they don't know each other's true identities no nope. just their online nicknames yes which are Jacques and Blue yes. in the movie yes i'll say without um, getting the yeah <laughs> who knows for the book so the story kind of follows him trying to figure out who blue is as their relationship is, like, growing and becoming deeper and mm-hmm. more meaningful. So I guess that's where I'll stop. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a pretty good summation. Yeah. And it's about trying to figure out who this mysterious Blue is, for Simon at least. And right. we in the movie, we get the story from his perspective. Um, and trying to figure out who that is, and then also coming to terms with coming out. And, and, and also dealing with some of the other generic high school drama right. type of stuff yeah. in the that you deal with in the 21st online you know, world of high school. Uh, and yeah, and then some other, you know, hijinks, that sort of thing. And then it all culminates in with basically figuring out who Blue is and sort right. of resolving that storyline and, and the whole coming out process. So that's pretty much a summary. Again, no spoilers there yet, really. Uh, so now, if you haven't seen it and you do care, this is where the spoilers start. But we're going to get into our first segment with Guess Who. Who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. Get used to disappointment. Okay. Okay. We have seven guess who's. 
How long today. Are they? They're all very short. <laughs> okay, good. Um, the uh, the character description is kind of scattered around the book in little bits. Yeah. So I've kind of um I've collected some stuff from throughout the book and like kind of cobbled it together mm-hmm. into fuller descriptions of these characters, and some of them are still very short and yeah. kind of vague. So okay. here we go. Your glasses make you look like Harry Potter. Wow. <laughs> I don't think anybody has glasses in the movie. Maybe. I mean, if I'm going to base it. Okay. I'm going to try not to take too long on use. Uh, my, my initial thought was Simon because Simon in the movie is sort of has brown hair. Generic looking white dude could be Harry Pottery. And if he had glasses, I could see him having glasses in the book he doesn't that i recall in the movie i'm just gonna go simon it is simon okay he does wear glasses in the book um he wears glasses in a flashback in the movie oh he doesn't yeah he doesn't wear the whole time but he does have glasses and like one or two flashbacks yeah he does mention yeah okay that does vaguely sound familiar i I, i'll also state just for the record that we saw this about a week ago yeah. So I'm a little, it's <laughs> not quite as fresh on every every detail as it was uh, when we first saw it. But Okay, okay moving forward. forward. She cocks her head, and I notice that her ear has five piercings all the way up and around. Her curly blonde hair is really the opposite of emo, but it looks like she talked herself into the raccoon eyeliner. Well, none of his friends have blonde hair in the movie, but... I'm assuming they just changed. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, who does that fit personality-wise? So his two female friends in the movie are Leah and Abby. Abby's the new one. Leah's the one he's been friends with forever. That fits Leah a little more because she's sort of more like, uh, I don't know, counterculture-y, not really. But I, I feel like that fits a little more. Uh, it's not a sister. I would say Leah. It actually is his sister. Oh, it's Nora. They made her a lot younger for the yeah, movie. She's considerably young. Or, yeah. Well, she's she's seems like she's supposed to be. She seems like, like she's supposed school. to be maybe ten, eleven in yeah. that range. Um, in the book, she is a freshman in high school. Okay, and he's could, a senior. I could see her being. My thought was that she was like, like I said, in like middle school, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a freshman. But yeah, and she doesn't have earrings and Mm-mm. i mean she looks just kind of like generic yeah she just looks class, like a kid suburban white girl like yeah um but she does have blonde hair and i thought it could okay all right one for two <laughs> she's really young for her job and she has bright red hair like electric red okay for her job and red hair uh the red hair could allude to her personality, and the one who has a fiery personality in the film would be the drama teacher. And so that's why I still think young for her job. She's not. Yeah, that's. I bet it's the drama. I'm gonna go drama teacher. It is the drama teacher, <laughs> and I actually changed that in the book. It says she's really young for a teacher. Ah. But I changed it to try to trip you up. Yeah, but no. it didn't. I mean, there's only teachers that people that have jobs that we see are only teachers, pretty much. It's true. So. All right. He also has those shag, those kind of shaggy brown bangs that I like, and dark ocean-colored eyes. 
so now this could be numerous people. Um, it could be his, which I don't remember his friend's name. Um, Nick. Nick. Okay, it could be Nick because he's his other male friend. Now, obviously, that hair description doesn't fit, but they could have, you know, they, they again. I, I have a feeling his friends are all kind of different, vaguely than, uh, than they appear in the book. Would be my guess. It could also be any of the, in the movie, the three potential love interests. The one of those that would make the most sense would be the the waiter from the diner who he thinks it is like second. Lyle. Lyle. That would be my main guess. Would be Lyle, and I'm gonna say it's Lyle. It's actually Cal, who was the third potential interest. I almost yeah, yeah. the one who was um, he's like bleach blondie kind of didn't he have or like frosted? He had darker hair. Well, maybe it had. I think he had like frosted highlights Um, or something. The one who was in the drama club with them. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and actually, Lyle is not in the book. Oh, okay. So spoilers for was that in the book? (laughs) I didn't ask that. So (laughs) Uh, interesting. Okay, Uh, yeah, that was. The other mm-hmm. thought was that one of those love interests that yeah. wasn't okay or potential. She's wearing tights and one of those short patterned dresses, and her left wrist is loaded with woven friendship bracelets. Okay, uh, one of them hasn't been Leah yet or Abby, so it could be either of them. And that's really the only other female characters we haven't had that are important in the movie. Oh, but see, uh, I, okay, Abby would make here. I'm going to try to deduct this because Abby just moved. She just moved from wherever the fuck she came from. And she, they might have all given her friendship bracelets before she left because she's going to her senior year at a new school. I'm Sherlock Holmes this. It's Abby. <laughs> it is Abby. I'm really proud of you yes! for deducing that <laughs> from that detail. <laughs> Because girls actually do that. I know. I didn't almost. I almost didn't put it together, and then I thought about it. I was gonna say Leah, but then I was like, no. One, Leah doesn't really have that many friends in the movie because she's kind of like a loner and like mainly just friends with it. Or at least that's kind of how she plays it. Makes it seem like she's like, I'm not cool. Blah blah blah. Uh, Whoo! Got that one. I feel smart. (laughs) All right. He has extremely prominent knuckles. He has prominent everything. Huge eyes. Long nose, full lips. Looking at him is exhausting. <laughs> uh, okay, so this could be Wally West, which I I don't remember his name in the Bram Bram, or it could be Martin. Shit. Um, <laughs> see, exhausting to look at. That could be a compliment or not. Like that could be both. I'm gonna go with Bram. It is Martin. Fuck. I almost switched to Martin. So. <laughs> All right. And Martin, I couldn't find a good um, place where they talk about this to squeeze into the description, but he's supposed to be, like, super tall. Hmm. He's, like, six foot something in the book. In the movie, he's... Yeah, he's, like, a little short, kind short, of chubby guy. Yeah, like, yeah, just generic yeah. looking dude with long blonde hair. Um. But, like, it's kind of, it's like, the way they describe his movement in the book, I picture him, like, kind of looking like a weird marionette. Hmm. Like, just, like, long and thin and gangly. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well. Okay. Shocks. Last one. I could end up above 50% if I get this one. <laughs> he has very expressive brown eyes and light brown skin 
and soft curls and cute, knobbly hands. It's Bram. It is Bram. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Bram. It goes on. Yeah, go ahead. But Sorry. You, uh, oh, do you want me no, to? No, just finish. Yeah, okay. He has these lips that just barely that meet just barely, like the slightest touch would coax them open. His ears are slightly big, and there are two freckles on his cheekbone, and his eyelashes are more dramatic than I've ever noticed. You know what's funny is it's almost like they were looking at what's his name when they wrote like the yeah. script. Like they could not have cast a more apt yeah. actor to yeah. play that role <laughs> from the book description. Which, for, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, but if you have seen uh, The Flash. The CW. The CW's version of The Flash, the kid who plays Wally West on that show. Uh, which, I don't know, that might be a spoiler. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's so many twists and turns in that show. Uh, but the kid who plays Wally West plays Bram, who's yeah. the first potential love interest in. Yeah, and they world. got a, a spot on. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what he looks like. So, All right, four for seven. Above 50%. It's all I ever shoot for. (laughs) (laughs) So, cool. All right, let's move on to Was That in the Book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? I don't remember the context of this, but it has something to do with when he's talking to Blue about, they're talking about, like, people they find handsome in media or Mm -hmm. something, and... One of them, I think it's Blue, says uh, Jon Snow. Or Simon. One of them says yeah. that they, they're really like attracted to Jon Snow. I just want to know, because, well, now, thinking 2015, it probably wasn't. But who knows? Uh, is that reference made for, like... Is, do they say, like, that's, like, they're, if they're... If they even talk about, like, famous celebrities they like or whatever. No. No, okay. Mm-hmm. Because it's 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 more than just a, a throwaway line. There's also the reference to the Game of Thrones T-shirt, like right. he's like looking for people wearing Game yeah. of Thrones shirt, and then it's like obviously like tons of people have Game of Thrones <laughs> shirts because it's like the most popular TV show in the world, but makes it more relatable to the youth. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, uh, so Martin super into Abby, yeah, yes. Abby. Um, and at one point in the film, he uh, does an elaborate uh, asking out during the national anthem of the football of a football game. Does that happen in the book? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. Okay. Does he? Is there anything similar to that? Like where he asks her out? No, he does ask her out, but it happens Just like. like a- off screen right so just like a he just asked her out or something yeah like in a normal yeah in a normal way um because that was a yeah that was that was a funny scene or a, you know or like one of those super funny in the way like the office is funny where you're like god this is the worst yeah um and it felt like a big moment for a movie that they wouldn't necessarily need in a book but it does up the stakes it does. And makes Martin's um, actions where he outs Simon a little more a little more understandable. In the sense I say I when I say understandable, I just mean not from like it's more reasonable, but more understandable from the sense of like a kid who was like traumatized mm-hmm. and like feeling very emotionally 
Um, yeah. Vulnerable might make a weird, a horrible, rash decision like that. Yeah. No, you know I understand what, I mean? what you're saying, yeah. Which I don't know if that happens the same way if he outs him in the book. Similarly. Okay. Not so, the exact same. Yeah. But my thought there being that those extra sort of... Uh, the extra sort of stakes in the in the the hum, uh, humiliation for Martin and him being more emotionally compromised. Right. No. It yeah. It, yeah. It makes it makes sense from that perspective. It is. It makes a lot of sense as a movie ad because yeah. it's a big scene. Yeah. Um, it would be kind of boring for it to happen off screen. Yeah. like in in private yeah. Yeah. in the movie and it wouldn't make a lot of sense either because if that's the thing where he eventually you like you would need you need that that tension mm-hmm. once that happens for the audience of like oh shit what you know what's yeah. gonna happen yeah and if it happens off screen we wouldn't even know about it necessarily so it's true this just the line a question for a line because i thought it made me laugh and i just wanted to know if this line was in the book or if they, the writers came up with it for the movie uh after he is outed Mm-hmm. A girl comes up to him and goes, "Did you date me because I look like a guy?" And he goes, "No, I broke up with you because you don't look like a guy." <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. Um, was that in the That's book? It's not in the book, okay. but I, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> yeah, I just like the because like her reaction, it's like one of those things where it makes no sense, but it's a dumb thing a high schooler would think. Yeah. Like, oh my god, he because you know you you know her friends were like. You know, giving yeah. her shit, or not necessarily her friends, but people were probably like, "Oh, you went out with Simon. Why did he like you? If he likes guys, like, yeah. why would he go out with you?" So, like, <laughs> you can see that um, why that would play out. And I thought it was a it's a good laugh line. So, so the the drama teacher uh, in this film, she at one point uh, she's a little unbelievable throughout. And now I've had, I guess, I had teachers like that, and a little bit like that in high school with how. Um, casual they are or and and she is described as younger for her job so uh, mm-hmm. but but um those teachers that lack the sort of professional decorum that maybe older yeah. teachers would have but there's a particular moment in the film where she uh after the two like bully-ish kids in the mm-hmm. school dressed up as Simon and the other uh, gay kid at the school or the other, the out gay kid yeah. at the school, which I can't remember his name. And they're like making fun of him and shit in the lunchroom. She comes up and like reams him out in front of everybody in a way that I while I understand <laughs> and while I get it and it's like a fun moment, I'm like, I feel like as a teacher you cannot say the things she was saying to students and yeah. I just wanted to know if that was in the book. <laughs> Um, there is a similar scene yeah. in the book where there is some uh, mocking-based bullying, and yeah. she does put a stop to it. Right. It does not play out the same way. Okay. She doesn't say anything potentially inappropriate. Yeah. That was a movie thing. I don't remember even exactly what it was at this point, but I just remember as that scene was happening, I was like, I, I don't know if you can say that yeah. about students. It was, students. and it, it was funny. It was funny. It was really funny. No, it's really funny. But and, and like, and you're you're on board, and you know, and they're jerks. So sure, it's just like, right. Ah. It was more put me in mind of like maybe a college instructor yeah. could yes. get away with that. Yeah, like because it wasn't like. It wasn't, like, inappropriate, no. like, she was cursing at them no, no, or, no. like, she said anything. 
No, but it was it was stuff along the lines of like of like you know you guys are gonna peak in high school and you're never gonna go anywhere with your lives and I'm like you're a teacher you can't (laughs) say that to kids like like I get I don't know it it just it just pushed over the line of like that's really inappropriate to say to even no matter how big a jerks is there being I even had teachers in high school who would call out jerky students and do it in a funny way Mm -hmm. you know what I mean but just something about how she did it was just a little too like can't say that they have no futures and like they're still in school like you gotta like sure yeah or like even if it's true even if it's true (laughs) i don't know it just seemed like you're gonna get written up for that or something i don't know um but okay so it's a definitely uh amped up for the movie for the moment that that makes sense finally this is big spoilers so it turns out uh we go through in the course of the movie uh three potential people that he thinks it could be that are that could be blue. Uh, mm-hmm. We start with uh, Wally West, Bram, uh, and then he sees Bram kissing a girl. So he's like, ah, "I can't be him." And then he moves on. And this, I will say, as as much as I enjoyed this movie, it was anything if not. It was nothing if not predictable. I don't, whatever the word, <laughs> like whatever the saying is, where it was very obvious where this is all going. Mm-hmm. I thought um, with it being Bram ultimately. So ultimately, it ends up being Bram, uh, right. Wally West, the first kid he thought it was after he thinks it's two other people turns out it's not right he initially thinks it's bram and then he sees bram with a girl yeah at the halloween party yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then he thinks it's two other guys potentially and then at the end it ends up it ends up being it ends up being bram so it it does end up being bram okay in the book is he the first person he thinks it is no um which i have this in my general notes but we can talk about it a little bit now because I really liked that they did that. Yeah. Because I went in having read the book thinking, oh, I know who it is. Right? Oh, like from the trailers or like, oh, you mean, oh, oh, I see what you right. mean. Because you knew that was Bram. Because I knew that it was, that right. it ends up being Bram. So then like right at the beginning of the movie when they start like really pushing the idea that it's Bram, I was sitting there like, what are they doing? Yeah. What, what, why are they going so hard on this yeah, right now? Right now yeah. What are they doing? And then when he sees him with the girl, like it totally got me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, like, I guess they changed it. Yeah. To make it different from the book. Right. To like fool people. Yeah. And that then it ended up being for him yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, I kind of liked that I got to be surprised. Yeah. That's a nice surprise for book readers to <laughs> yeah. people who would know, who, who know. And I'm, I would bet. 90% of people who saw it probably didn't read the book, if not more. Mm-hmm. But it would just be a guess because I'd never heard of the book. I didn't know it was based on a book until you said it was. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I knew it was a big, it was a popular, it's been a fairly popular movie. Um, and so a lot of people have seen it. Uh, and I had no idea it was based on a book. But no, that is a fun, that is a fun surprise or fun, uh, fun thing to do for people who have read the book. And I think it's effective even for moviegoers like me. I've still parsed. I mean, I it's it's, it's generally for a slightly younger audience. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it feels like a, a young adult slash whatever that other f- term you use. Well, it, it is a young adult book. Yes, um, and so it you know it, its target audience I would say is probably it's for everybody. It's not mm-hmm. you know I, it's definitely not only for younger people, but it, the target audience is in that age range where it would be very effective on them. Yeah. 
I had a vibe just from the whole thing that I was like, uh, nah, it's going to end up being him. Like, <laughs> it's it's still going to end up being him. Part of that, to be fair, is because they cast fucking Wally West in that role. Because that actor, to me, one, Greg Berlanti is the guy who produced and directed all of the CW TV shows. Mm-hmm. The guy who directed this. Oh. He did The Flash. He did everything that. on CW. Like, he's executive producer of, like... Mm-hmm. Everything. He's like their Kevin Feige of the CW TV universe. Kevin Feige's the guy who does all the Marvel, like the executive producer of all the Marvel okay. shit. So casting that actor, I part of it was that. I was like, you uh-huh. don't cast a pretty big, I say pretty big, I mean, not that the Flash epic, but he's like a main well, player right. if in such a yeah. small role yeah. in that movie. And especially when... Uh, obviously, I think Greg Berlanti really likes him as an actor and that sort of thing. So he's going to put him in a role that right. Is he's not going to put him in like a bit role, a bit role that's in that it for sense. the first act, and then we never see again. So yeah. I was like, mm, okay. So that was part of it, and and most people might not think about it that way, but uh, and then just sort of how it was done, I was just had a feeling that that's where it was going. But yeah, most people wouldn't, and it's a, it's a good it's a good twist, mm-hmm. um, and it's a and it it makes for a nice moment at the end where it subverts. Potentially subverts your expectations if you weren't doing what I was doing and trying to figure it out <laughs> so hard. But yes, okay. Uh, well, that that was all I had for was that in the book. Awesome. I have a lot of general notes, and I really only have one lost in adaptation. But we'll do it now. Time for lost in adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Wow, was lost. Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. Okay, for this, uh, I only have one. Because it's really not tough to follow or, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing particularly confusing. But I did have one moment that I wasn't quite sure about. And I might have figured it out later, but I'm still not sure. And is that, maybe it's just because I had such a hard, it was so brief and I had a hard time recognizing who it was. Uh, There's a flashback to his first date, only date with a girl. At the middle school dance. At the dance? Is that middle school? Okay. Probably. I don't know. At the dance. It looked like a middle school dance to me. Sure. Um, at that dance, and uh, she goes to kiss him or whatever, and he freaks out and runs away and leaves. Mm-hmm. And there's a good joke about kids are drinking, and his mom comes and picks him up. Was that girl Leah? I don't believe so. Okay, um, it's not in the book. What the flat or the middle school dance scene thing? No, that's oh. in the book. Oh, okay. I mean, he talks about it. He makes right. reference to it, it's but it's not, not, like not described flashback. as being Leah in the book. No, it's okay. some other girl. Um, and I don't think it's meant to be in the movie. I don't think so. What I ended up thinking it was was that girl with that has the line later about yeah, did I you think, date? Yeah, I think it is. I think but that's they're both more likely. brunettes with similar faces, and I and, and and well, and since it was supposed to be a few years earlier, I wasn't uh-huh. like I couldn't. I, I mean, it was so quick, and it was in a dark gym. I was like, was that yeah. Leah? Well, and two, I think that um, they would have brought that up later. In the movie, if it had been her. Yeah. Because the reason he runs off, she what, is it that she tries to kiss him or that she tells him that she loves him? One of the two, yeah. I, I, maybe right. that she loves him. I can't remember. But now. he and Leah have a kind of a serious yeah, conversation later, and I feel like yeah. that would have come up. Right. If, they, if that had been her. Fair enough. That makes sense. I guess my thought was that, yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. That yeah, because there that uh, that's a whole plot point which I'll have in my general notes of, mm-hmm. about what an idiot Simon is. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure it's just some other girl, and and probably if you look closely, if you haven't seen it yet and you're going back, it's probably the girl who he talks to later uh, has that one great throwaway line about not looking like a boy or whatever. Yeah, I bet it's her, but who knows? 
let's move on to Better in the Book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. Okay. So my first note here, Simon has a dog. And in the movie, it's like a little terrier kind of a dog. Like, yeah. it's a little scruffy looking. Yeah, it's not in it much, but yeah. Yeah. And the dog's name is Bieber. As in... In the book? And in the movie. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. I missed that. they call him Bieber, as in Justin Bieber. Okay. So, in the book, the reason that the dog is named Bieber is because he's a golden retriever. So he has, like, the long blonde... Oh. Like, think this is uh, Justin Bieber before he started doing his hair. Right. Like, remember when he had, like, yeah, the, the longer... Long... It wasn't blonde, it was it brown. Was... Do you know what Justin Bieber looks like? Pretty sure he didn't have blonde hair. But he he looks just like a golden retriever. I don't... That's I'm not why it was that. funny. But it doesn't make sense if you change the type of dog... Like, now you just have a dog named Bieber for no reason. I mean, yeah, that's fair. It doesn't, um, it doesn't really make sense. Oh, and he had it dyed blonde? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. Come on now. I feel like it, yep, that makes sense. Never mind. I'll put it as a marker as a point of pride that I didn't know what Justin Bieber looked like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think about him, so... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're right. Changing it doesn't make yeah. It's just it's, weird. Why'd you name your dog after Justin Bieber? Yeah. Um, I could have done without the principal. What? The principal is oh, not in the no. book. And I, I get it, but like it was so cringy. Oh, that's the point. I know. Oh. I get that, but it was so cringy, and like to me, it just felt like over the top and fake. I'll give you a couple times it felt a little, they went a little too far with it a few times. Yeah. Um, where it was just, it became a character, like it became unbelievable in terms of like, yeah. okay, like nobody's that like, oblivious. Yeah, like nobody's gonna really say that. Yeah. It had a few moments of that where it was just a couple scenes where that happened. But in general, I thought he was great. Like I thought he was a lot of fun. And it's in the, in the, in the film, uh, the principal, vice principal. They always make them vice principals. Have you noticed that? Okay. What is yeah, that Yeah, and I just want to bring up, I didn't, there wasn't a vice principal at my high school. At least I don't remember there being, like, I feel like that's a movie thing. Was there a vice principal at your high I school? I think we did. What we had that I remember, there was an overall principal. Yeah. And then there was grade principals. We had yes. like, you know, like the ninth grade principal, the yes. tenth grade principal. But I don't but know. But there was if, no I vice principal. I think we had vice principals. My only thought is that... That's what they call them because it's a more catch-all yeah. for people. Whereas saying like he was the twelfth grade principal or the senior principal or whatever, yeah, some people might not have had that, and like older people probably. Did. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that, well, the thing to me that's always funny is that in movies, it's always the vice principal who's like the character. Like you never see the actual principal. And I guess the idea is that the day to day, the principal doesn't have as, spend as much time walking around in the hallways day to day, like. Our principal did. Yeah, that's the thing. I think ours did too. So I don't. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why. But it's all. If you look, think, watch movies. It's almost always a vice principal that plays that character, like the the involved in their lives principal character. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> if you're listening, and your high school had a vice principal, 
we want to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> Comment on Facebook posts. Go make a we go make a post on Reddit. Yeah. Whatever. I, I want to know if anyone out there had a vice principal. And on top of that, if you didn't or whatever, if you know why the trope, and I guess we could probably look in TV tropes, it, they might have, yeah. the film tropes might have this, why the vice principal trope is a thing. Like, why is it always the vice principal and, like, never the principal that plays <laughs> that character? I, I don't understand. But anyways, that character in this film, the vice principal, is played by Tony Hale, who plays Buster Bluth on the TV show Arrested Development. That that actor, uh, he plays. He was also in a Herbal Essence commercial years ago. Funny story. So I looked this up randomly for stuff when I'm doing you like editing videos for YouTube, and I was like randomly like, ah, I need the Herbal Essence music or <laughs> commercial, and I look it up, and when I found it, I was like, oh, the guy, like it's the one where the girl is in the shower, like mm-hmm. the whole Herbal Essence commercials where they're like right. like making or, orgasmic yeah. sounds in the shower while they're washing their hair. The guy who's in the sh- bathroom with his wife is that actor. Huh. So there's a random trivia you didn't need. You're welcome. <laughs> you never know when that could come up. Yeah. You just never know. You never know. Anyway, I could have done without him. Uh, I hard disagree, but mm. all right. I liked Simon's sisters better in the book. Sisters, plural. Yeah, i say there's only one in the movie. he had an older sister who was away at college. She got cut. Yeah. I get why she got cut. Yeah. Um, But I did m- miss her. I liked the th- like, I liked the idea of him being a middle child because he does read a lot. Like yeah, it plays a more middle child. Like a middle child mm-hmm. makes more sense to kind of get lost in a shuffle and yeah, ish sort of thing. And I I liked when his younger sister Nora was closer to his age. I didn't. I well, I I, I didn't know her when she was closer to age because I didn't read the <laughs> book. But I liked her portrayal. I liked her in the movie. She's not in a ton, but I enjoyed their dynamic and sort of making her younger, but still, I think one of the things it did is it, it gave younger kids a, someone to somewhat identify with in the movie. I mean, she's a little, she plays old for her age. Like she plays more mature mm-hmm. than a kid her age probably would be. But I liked the, that the idea that even somebody, someone, Simon eventually is outed, um, she comes into his room and is, like, very understanding or is, like, mm-hmm. trying to be at least. And he freaks out and yells at her or whatever. But I liked that uh, the idea that somebody her age would be able to understand and kind of grasp what's going on with yeah, a situation like fair. that I thought was interesting. Um, and that she had that emotional maturity to to get it, sort of, which you don't see a lot with those kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I could see it going either way. So, I mean, with her being older or younger, I could see, yeah. you know. I thought that the movie might have gone maybe a little hard on making Martin a weirdo. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know his character in the book, so I... Is a little more nuanced. Um, he is kind of a... He's a goofy guy, kind of a class clown type. Um, not so great at social cues. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I just thought that the movie maybe went, like, just a smidge too hard on it. Um, I'll, I'll take your word for it, because, again, I'm, I don't have the comparison. Uh, I thought he was interesting. I thought he might not have been as sympathetic as the movie wanted him to be. Yeah. 
while while they had some good moments, and I thought it was interesting, um, I like like I really enjoyed the fact that his character even had a scene like the diner scene, which I should have asked if that was in book and i can now we're out of it but whatever (laughs) um the scene in the diner where him and abby and simon are hanging out uh and this is post the blackmailing um in order to get blackmailing simon so that he can him and abby can hang out and whatever Mm -hmm. uh and he has that moment where he it, it starts really awkward but then it turns into something really genuine where he's like talking to her and is like you're a an outstanding person and you just mm-hmm. uh, whatever you deserve everything or the world or something like that does that happen in in the book um sort of there's, there's a very similar scene but it doesn't play out the same way they don't like talk about how amazing abby is okay i just thought the way that scene played out in the movie was interesting because it starts really weird and and, and in a way where you, it feels really uncomfortable but then yeah. it, it goes in a direction that's really um like i said kind of cool and like uh sweet i guess for lack of a better word but that's really like the only scene where right. we sort of get any uh redeeming ish qualities from yeah. martin really uh yeah no and i i agree with you that i don't think he was as sympathetic as they kind of maybe were trying to make him and yeah. maybe that's why i felt like they went too hard on yeah. it because it just i don't know it tim it was just like everything about him was like please stop I think that's on purpose because he is. Well, see, I I thought it worked because I he is exactly I I I knew kids like that in high school. Yeah, and I, I think everybody did. Where it's sort of just yeah, you don't. It's where he's really bad at reading social cues and situations to where you're just like because the thing and the thing that always drives me crazy about characters like that and something I'm I'm probably guilty of in the opposite direction is when characters like that are so oblivious or don't care to notice that people don't want them around. Mm-hmm. It makes me really uncomfortable because I'm so hypersensitive to that, that yeah. when characters like, when it's like, I would never, especially when I was younger, I like in high school, I never could have been the person to like, we go into that party. Are we going to that party later? Or can, or can I come mm-hmm. to that party? Like, if, if they wanted you there, they would invite you. And so for me, <laughs> like, well, and I, and I don't say that in a mean way. I say that in like, if that was me, I wouldn't want to go to that party right. because I would feel the whole time like nobody wants me here. And those are my own insecurities that I had <laughs> and I still have to some extent sometimes. But like I can't imagine being that person who just doesn't feel that at all or like yeah. is oblivious to the idea that these people don't want to hang out with me. Like these people, you know, aren't interested in me. Like why? Right. Like that's. Yeah, no, and from that perspective, I guess I don't think he's, like, an unrealistic character, because you're right, we did all know a kid like that in school. But, like, I don't know, it was little things, like, he was a magician and also the the mascot. Yes, like (laughs) they did hit every sort of shtick for that kind of character. Uh, Yeah, true, I forgot about the magician part. And that was weird, too, because they never, like, did anything with it. No, he just, It like, was just, like, he went over to his house and he had a bunch of, like, magic stuff. Yeah, yeah you I really thought like, it was okay. going to play in at some point somehow. Yeah. He was going to do something with it. But, yeah. But it never really matters other than just, like... Other than just, look how a, weird this look kid is. Look how weird is. he is. He likes he magic. He likes magic what tricks. What a dork. Yeah. Fun um, story. On our third <laughs> date, Brian did magic tricks for me. What a dork. <laughs> I like magic, all right? I'm a big fan. 
think it's cool. Uh, illusion. I was charmed. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes it works. You got to read the read the room. <laughs> can read the room. Um, but yeah, now I, I yeah I thought he was. Uh, I can see what you're saying. That there's definitely like you said when he hits the magician thing, hits the the, the mascot. It's a little like okay, we get yeah. it. like we get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think what they could have done to my point earlier, because uh, I when I was saying that I don't think he's quite as sympathetic as the movie wants him to be. It's like I, you gotta you gotta give me a little more than that one really nice scene where he, uh, if that's what they wanted, and maybe it's not, but if that was what they wanted, they I needed another scene um, because he's straight up blackmailing yeah. the character we care about, yeah, uh, in order to get with a girl that does not like him. Oh yeah, him. he is not being a good like, person no, he is at being all. Horrible. And 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 it's even in a way beyond like awkward high school like weird. Like yeah, awkward high school. He's being gross and manipulative. Yes. And so you need a you would need a lot a little more at least a little more and maybe even just needed more backstory. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's what he needed more it wasn't him doing nice things. It was more why is he is there some circumstances that that sort of explain why he's so weird and manipulative? If that makes sense, like if if, if there's some so home situation that we don't yeah. know about that 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 maybe at least could lend some sort of uh, sympathy to his situation. Again, I don't know what it would be. I don't even know if you could do it because again, he's just he's blackmailing a kid about his sexuality so he can hang out and try to be with a girl that doesn't. Yeah, care, doesn't. or doesn't like him, or you know, and, and so it's like, ugh, all right, Jesus, and so they try to give him those moments to where we at least see that he has some redeeming qualities potentially in the movie. I mm-hmm. say some; he has that one moment that I recall. There might be others, but um, and he does make a point of saying, and I don't know if this is in the book. When he first finds out that Simon's gay, he goes, "By the way, my brother's gay." Martin that says, is in the book. Okay, yeah. and I, I feel like they're trying to like let that play some sort of. I don't know what that's supposed to be. I don't know what that moment's supposed to be where he tells Simon that my brother's gay. Like, I mean, I think it's probably an acknowledgement of the way that like straight people tend to right to do that. Like, yeah, and then find, go on like, to be yeah. super terrible and yeah, obnox- like super awful. Like, yeah. oh, I have another gay friend. Right. Do you know them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, he definitely wasn't all that sympathetic in the movie. He's not much more sympathetic in the book. Yeah. But he's maybe a little more charming. And it, there there are like tiny little differences that don't necessarily make it make his behavior better. Like for example, um he does end up outing Simon mm-hmm. by posting about it on the like the blog, the, the it's a Tumblr. Well, yeah. In well, in the, in the movie, it's like it's like one of those like uh, post secrets yeah. or whatever type of deal. Yeah, it's, where you it's just, a forum where anyone can post anonymously yeah, and just post whatever they want. Right? Yeah. So he does post this thing about Simon being gay on there, but he doesn't actually post the screenshots of the emails in the book. Which I think kind of makes a difference. There's at least some difference because there's not hard evidence. That's just right. a rumor at that point. Yeah. I mean, versus, yeah, <laughs> like here. I mean, but even then, I guess the emails could be fake. But yeah, you know what I mean. Like right. that's a lot of extra step of. There's evidence. There's corroborating evidence of some sort when you post mm-hmm. the emails. And two, we find out later in the book that he actually like deleted it within minutes. 
Yeah, of, and that's never alluded to. Yeah, and that's to, I don't think they ever say I'm anything. He definitely apologizes eventually. Yeah. But yeah, there's never like a I a, you know I did it in a fit of rage and immediately deleted it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. At least not that I recall. Again, it's been a week. That might Which, have been. And again, like those those little details, like I said, they don't make what he did any better. Yeah. But it it, it's, it feels slightly it feels, different. Yeah, different. Moving on from Martin. So Simon's dad um, is kind of the character that we see little microaggressions through. Yeah. Like he makes. In the film. Yeah, in the yes. film. And, and in the book as okay. well. Yeah. He makes like little gay the jokes. Gay jokes and yeah. sort of, uh, and not even gay jokes sometimes, but just, uh, I mean, lots of gay jokes, but also just like, and, and you know, microaggressions in the sense of like. Oh, isn't that chick hot? Like right. that sort of yeah. stuff, you know, where it's not even like he's actively being weird. Or, like, it, like if his son was straight, it wouldn't be that weird of a, you know, to be like, mm-hmm. wow, she's pretty. Like that's not a completely ridiculous. But without knowing and in the context, yeah. it's, it is what you would probably consider like a microaggression type yeah. thing. So he's that character that we see that through, and I. So in the movie, they have kind of like a tearful conversation about it where his dad apologizes and it kind of gets like swept away. Yeah. Like he just like kind of mentions like he's like, oh, all the jokes. Yeah. And then Simon's like, no, it's okay. But in the book, Simon blows up at him. Like it's a big confrontation and he yells at him about it. Yeah. And I. I like that better. I like that better too. I I like that better too. And it's one of my biggest overall criticisms and I, I this might just be as good a place to get in and I don't want to get way too into it because for one I can criticize see the thing is it's a really well made film uh really uh with a tight script and it's really well constructed and I don't I, I don't think it's necessarily my place as a straight white guy to like or not even white, whiteness doesn't matter. As a straight guy is <laughs> a, a, a cis het dude to be like uh, I don't think this is representative of the coming out story of, a, you right. know, like, I don't know. Fuck, I, I've never had to come out. I have no idea. But that one of the things that felt a little off or that I wondered about is sort of more of like, I wonder like how people who have dealt with this situation in their actual life and have mm-hmm. lived this experience would see, sort of see this movie. Um, and is that it's sort of all a little too easy, it feels like. Yeah, it is definitely like the most ideal outcome I mean, that you could possibly hope for. Yes, not to downplay any of his struggles, the fact that he was outed unwillingly—that's all right. terrible stuff. I, I and and it's not that you know, and you you don't want to have like the suffering Olympics of like who's you know coming out story right, was like way that's, worse. Right, you don't gain anything. It's not from helpful. That. I, my 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 only question and sort of the whole thing I felt was like, is this all just like a little too clean and neat and tidy and easy and like. The school gets over it really quick yeah. and like it gets over it really quick with his dad and his dad gets over it and is cool with it pretty quick. I mean, again, it's a movie versus a book. So we the time frame could be, you know, right. But like it, it all gets wrapped up in the last act and everybody's really cool about it. Generally speaking, I mean, the whole fucking school comes out and gives him a standing ovation at the fucking <laughs> like it all just feels a little saccharine and like whitewashed. I don't I, right. I, I don't know. But yeah, that's just. How I kind of felt. And now it was delightful the whole time and it's a lot of fun and it made me smile and the moments with his dad and his coming out made me tear up and like it's super 
effective at what it's at its sort of what it's doing. That was I don't know. That was just my only feelings. That kind of yeah, and I I think like on the one hand, I feel like it's probably not accurately representative of most people's coming out experience it doesn't have to be i guess but right but then on the other hand and we talked about this a little bit after we We saw it it. it's first of all gay people need like light-hearted happy romantic comedies too yeah (laughs) like that should be a thing that gay people are allowed to have absolutely should and also like, uh, this is also, it's a coming-of-age story. Yeah. And a lot of gay coming-of-age stories are kind of depressing. Yeah, they can. I, not that I've seen a ton, but yeah, I would see. Yeah. So, you know, something something a little lighter is... Yeah. It, to me, it feels a little fresh. Yeah. Um, And I, I also think that... And it's this is also kind of like a double-edged thing because this movie is becoming like so mainstream, like it's getting great reviews. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like on the one hand, I think it would be great if maybe it was more just a tiny bit realistic, a little more realistic, yeah. You know, so that people who might not come into contact with this kind of story could see that. Yeah. But on the other hand. Let's normalize yeah. it. Now, you know? Yeah, this is the same. Yeah, this is what we the same discussion we had. Like I said, when we got out, or like you said, when we got out of the movie the other night, we kind of had this exact same uh, discussion. It's yeah, I hundred percent agree that it's the fact that it is sort of played as such a normal, cool, and then everybody gets over it and it's fine type of thing mm-hmm. is good. I mean, I, I it's yeah. ideal. That's what it is. It's an yeah. idealistic sort of <laughs> outcome in the movie. Uh, so yeah, I, I appreciate that about it, and, and I think you're right. I think that that could be it's a good thing to have, and not and it's one of the things is that not every movie has to be everything. Like not yeah. every movie yeah. has to encapsulate every experience and every it's because it's impossible for one thing. But on right. top of that, and it's, when movies try, they fail. Yeah, when they yeah when they try to do it, they fail. So you can't encapsulate every experience and every uh, sort of outcome and, and and facet of a story like this. You can't cover it all so that it feels representative to everybody because yeah. it's impossible. Um, and what I kind of wished uh, it was that the one, the, the, just to get back to your original point here before we get way too off in the weeds, uh, I think a moment like that might have helped my oh, feeling where he blows up at the dad, yeah. not because the dad necessarily deserved it so much as which, which he, he deserved it in the sense of being ignorant and not thinking about it and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but more so just because th- that needs to be that catharsis oh wow i butchered that <laughs> that i i tried to i couldn't decide between catharsis and cathartic release and i kind of went <laughs> um for simon for yeah. dealing with this for so long and yeah. then it also adds sort of a, an extra element of just like realism right and it also kind of sends the message or it would have if they had done this of like hey that's not, it's okay not okay for you to yeah. do. Yeah. Like, that actually has an effect on people. Yeah. Whereas the way they did it, like I said, they kind of brushed it under the rug. Yeah. And he was, like, kind of immediately fine with he, it. And that 
like, bugged me. Yeah, he gets off kind of scot-free in the sense of, like, the movie goes, yeah, but... And, I mean, now the moment in the film where he does finally have that... So his dad initially is is supportive... Or, I say not really supportive. He's, he's maybe just, a little uncomfortable. He's just uncomfortable and yeah. aloof and sort of ignoring the whole thing. Uh, and then eventually uh, they have that moment in the driveway and they have a big, you know, emotional, like, his dad apologizes yeah. and, and, and feels really bad and... um. And and he says he's super proud of him. And it's a great emotional moment in the sense that, like, I teared up because it's, like, very – I mean, the acting is brilliant and everything about it. And so you would you would have you would have to do it in two phases. You would have to have the early blow-up and then still have that payoff. I, you wouldn't have to, I guess. But – because that moment was so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing. You're right, is that it – I don't know if it deserved that. Like, yeah. his, it, it would make sense because he needs – you know, it, he just, like you said, he just gets off a little easy mm-hmm. of, like, all of these years of just sort of casual uh, casual bigotry or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And and not even ill-meaning, just, yeah, casual yeah. sort of um, thoughtless. ignorant, thoughtless. Ignorant. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it, it's, it, it's the movie, the message you can get from it is the movie goes, well, as long as he says I love you and I'm proud of you, none of that mattered. Right. Like that's all. I mean, not that it. Not the movie saying it's fine. It's very clear the movie saying this is bad earlier on when he's saying that. Like it's very obvious. Like ugh. Um, but it just sort of yeah gets swept yeah. away. Like no. it's, yeah. well, um, and I thought that something like that could have gone a long way towards yeah balancing some aspects of the messages here. But I actually want to hold off talking about Ethan because I want to talk okay. about that. I did almost go there. Yeah, and I didn't. Um, I only have a couple left for Better in the Book, so... Okay. So Cal, the third potential love interest yes. who was hanging out with them in the... He's also in the drama club or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. is bisexual in the book. Oh. And I want to know where my bisexual Cal was <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. They just don't ever... T- I got the vibe he was gay in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm just just sort of vaguely from like the way he interacted with. I Simon. thought, yeah, I thought that might have been where they were going with it, but I wasn't sure if that was because I knew his character yeah. was bisexual. Yeah, but they didn't ever actually mention it. Yeah, like in the book, he actually asks Simon out, and it's kind of cute. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like they might have worried that that would have muddied up Simon's. Yeah. Sort of journey, and, and not even muddied it, but like, um, would have been an extra thing for the audience to be thinking about towards the climax of this film about That's like true. wait he's, yeah. he's get, oh, wait what, yeah, yeah I don't know like I don't um, know. so they just don't really go into it he's just right another kid and I, and I did like because Simon asks him point blank yeah. near the end if he's blue and he's like no I'm not but do you want to talk yeah, about like, it and I I liked that they yeah had that in there that was nice it was a nice moment to see a kid like that have you know that yeah. there was you know one of these kids is not an asshole. Not, I mean, most of them are. It was the other thing is the movie is like everybody seems pretty chill, like in the movie overall, other than like the two jerks, which is also, uh, you know, and who knows how realistic that is, but like everybody seemed real cool about all of it, generally yeah. speaking. I don't know. It's hard to say because, I mean, you hear a lot of stories about bullying yeah. that goes on in high, in high schools now. Yeah. I mean, we went to high school like 10 years ago. Yeah. And it, like, I don't know about you, but my high school was not a super friendly environment to... No. 
Yeah. No, and my my thought would be, yeah, I mean, in 10 years, we've probably come a fairly right. long well, way. Right, well, that's my thought, is, and especially the younger generations tend to be more progressive than yeah. the generations before them. Yeah. And we also, where does this take place? Do we know? Well, the book takes a place just outside of Atlanta. Okay. I don't think the movie ever says, but I checked, and it was filmed in Atlanta. So... Yeah. I would have I would have guessed like the northeast but that's just like that was my yeah. thought cuz like the the football game it seemed cold but not that that means anything I guess it yeah. could also be Atlanta in the winter yeah. but yeah depending on where you were in Atlanta I guess mm. I mean like I don't know I don't know shit about Atlanta it's a big city it's <laughs> uh, probably a fairly liberal in the areas the suburbs around Atlanta probably have yeah. I, I mean like most me- uh, metropolitan areas tend to lean True. progressive so who knows I don't I could be wrong. <laughs> but to my point, yes. um, I don't know how much has changed in high schools since I was in high school. I, I don't yeah, know no, how no. much more progressive the average American high schooler is now. I bet it depends a lot on about where you are. Yeah. That's why I kind of want to ask, because I have a feeling it <laughs> depends almost entirely on where that high school is located. Not entirely. Yeah. That's not fair. In general, I'm sure it's better pretty much everywhere, at least a little bit. But... It, even yeah. more so in certain places where it's like, yeah. Um, okay, one other random thing that I missed from the book. There is an all-girl band, like rock band, um, featuring Nora on lead guitar and Leah on the drums. Sweet. Who's Nora? His sister. Oh, okay. Who's okay. older in the book. Right, again. right, right. Um, and then my last thing for better in the book, speaking of Leah. So in the book, Leah is a little bit of a bitch. But she had more of a character than she did in the movie. Yeah. Uh, she was a little... Meh. Yeah. Um, but she did. She had more of a character. She was more interesting. Um, and Becky Albertalli... Albertalli? I have no idea how to pronounce this woman's last name. Um, she is actually writing a sequel to this book called oh. Leah on the Beat, in which it is revealed that Leah is bisexual. Oh. And I was really hoping, because I went into the movie knowing that. Oh, I found yeah. that out, like, the like, same a little, day. A little... And I was really hoping that that was what they were alluding to with, like, her and Abby. Because there were some moments in the movie where I felt like huh. maybe Leah was a little into Abby. Could have been. I read it more as jealousy, but I didn't know that, so. Which, and in the book, she is super jealous okay. of Abby. So that makes sense that you read it that yeah. way. Uh, so I was a little disappointed when she, like, confessed her love to Simon. Oh, is that not in the book? Mm-mm. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Because, yeah, that was, uh, that was one of my notes for later, going on now, is I was, like, super obvious, and, like, uh, Simon was so super oblivious to the fact yeah. that Leah was in love with him, and it was like, are you stupid? <laughs> like, I don't think even I was that oblivious in high school, <laughs> like, the way... She talks to him and, like, the conversations they have. I'm like, really? Dude? Come on. Well, that was all I had for better in the book. All right. No, that was a lot of good stuff. Uh, Let's move on to better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. All right. So let's talk about Ethan. Yes. The other out, the out gay kid. The only, as far as yes. we know, in the movie at least. And he is very stereotypically gay. Yes. 
he's not in the book. Okay. At all. And I enjoyed that addition. Mm-hmm. I thought it at least worked towards kind of rounding out the portrayal of gay characters, at least a little bit. Yeah. And it actually gave, it did give Simon some nice moments. Yeah. Um, with him and his sort of uh, acceptance. Uh, because there's a scene, and I didn't mean that if you were still... Oh, no, okay. go ahead. Um, there's a scene early where, like, when they're first showing up to school, the first time we see them, and Ethan's there, and people are giving him shit or something. Mm-hmm. And Simon says something to the effect of, like, he doesn't make it easy on himself. or Like, he doesn't, mm-hmm. because he's so, uh, not only out, but, like, stereotypically... Right, he's stereotypically flamboyant, flamboyant, and, kind and of it, feminine, with his dressing, and yeah, his dressy, his long, yeah. He, he honestly, at times, I thought there was going to be a, like a, there might have been some interesting foray into him being trans, and I thought that would be a very because mm-hmm. he, he dress and again he dress whatever the fuck you want, and and, and I think I think we need to abolish the sort of gender norms of clothes, anyways. But <laughs> uh, it's a whole topic for another day. I just in the where in the world we live in right now. The way he dressed and the way he did his hair made me wonder, like, because he has like very long, like, mm-hmm. well kept it hair. It's very well coiffed, and and it, and it's a feminine type of hairstyle. Yes, and and his clothing is very feminine. Again, all coded feminine to what we currently understand and identify as feminine. Um, gender is a construct, anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, my point being that. I thought maybe that was where that was going to go, was that, not like, he came out gay because that was mm-hmm. potentially easier mm-hmm. at the time and still is potentially than, than, you know, coming out as trans. And maybe he didn't even know. And I thought maybe it was going to take some direction to that. I didn't need to. I just thought maybe that's yeah. where it was going. It didn't go that way. Um, but so Simon says earlier, he says something along the lines of, hey, uh, you know, he, he like, he, he basically shaming, he doesn't say it to Ethan, but to his friends makes a joke about, Basically, like, if he just acted more straight, people wouldn't make fun of him as much. Mm-hmm. Essentially, kind yeah. of being his yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and now, you, part of that is Simon's own insecurities, obviously. Right. Um, but then another part of it is, uh, I think that, you know, Simon sort of growing. Because even, he could even, as, uh, you know, a gay man, he has his own hang-ups about things. And mm-hmm. I think that was just a little thing you kind of see. Like, because he is a very straight-laced, nor- like, you know... Like he says, he's like, I'm super normal. Like, I'm just <laughs> super normal, like, or relatively speaking. Yeah. And so he has, but he has a moment later in the office with Ethan where he, he doesn't apologize, but he sort of has like a. They have like a, a nice moment of understanding yeah. and like identifying with each other. Yeah. And I did like that through Ethan, they were able to at least give a nod to the sh- kind of struggles struggle. that often come with yeah. coming out. I I still this is and we, I think we 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 talked about this a little bit. I wish they had done more with that maybe. Yeah. I wish they had made it cuz cuz in that conversation they talk about the fact that cuz Simon says something like oh it's always been so easy for you or whatever um to be out. Yeah. basically and Ethan's like uh no, he's <laughs> been doing it for a while. Um and, and and he talks about the fact that his mother is not super accepting. She doesn't like disowned him or anything, but she's uh, like when they go to like Christmas, she talks about him having girlfriends and mm-hmm. things like that. And so she hasn't accepted it really, but she, you know, but she again, I was like, you know, it might have been something to have use that moment and that character to have a 
a a further uh, representation of sort of some what some of the negative right. outcomes can be of being out and and especially with family and that sort of thing um and push that a little further than just my mom says i have right. a girlfriend sometimes I mean, yeah I, I do think that they could have maybe pushed it a little further but the difference for me was that that's not present in the book at all. Right, right. Yes. So it is. So at, at least, least the movie like gave it a nod. Yes. You know, at least giving some nod to the fact that it's not. It's not always like your parents are just like cool with it after a week, yeah. and then like you keep being the rich white right. dude that it's you are. Not always sunshine and rainbows. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just wish they could have. I thought they had a really good opportunity with that Ethan character to maybe explore a little bit more of some of the hardships, mm-hmm. uh, and they did to some extent. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I really liked the college like fantasy type sequence. That was amazing. I that loved was that. hilarious. That was so good. I almost asked, was that in the book? But I knew it wasn't. Yeah, it was like that's a number. total not, movie yeah. thing. Where it, yeah, but he like uh, he's like, I'm not ready to come out right now. I'll come out in college and I'll be super gay. Yeah, and then and they then do it, like a musical number on like a college campus. Everybody's and, wearing like rainbow yeah, clothes and like, throwing and... confetti, confetti <laughs> and doing choreographed uh, like big tunes <laughs> or you know show stage yeah. dance numbers. Yeah, it was super fun. That was the moment where I was like, all right, movie, you got me. You got me. This is good. This is good. And then at the end of it, he's like, maybe not that. Maybe gay. not that gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really liked that. Um, they changed the show that the drama club is putting on. Oh, yeah, they're... They're putting on Cabaret in the movie. And in the book, they're putting on Oliver. Which, the whole reason that they're putting on Oliver in the book, I assume, is, uh, there's a character in Oliver named Fagin, spelled F-A-G-I-N, so there's an incident of bullying with oh. some like crossed out letters, right. gotcha. you know, uh, you know. Yeah, that's just an interesting reason to make that the for plot contrivance in a book. Be yeah, like, how can I get away where bullies can call somebody a bad word? I know they'll be putting on a play that has a name that's similar to that word. Brilliant. It's a little contrived, <laughs> a little. But I thought uh, switching it was a good choice. Because Cabaret has themes that are a little more in line with the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although I am hesitant to believe that any high school would be allowed to put on Cabaret. Yes. That was my (laughs) thought. And with characters in the full Nazi uniforms. I was like, really? Yeah. No, my favorite thing was that... They're, like, doing their first rehearsal, and the two Nazi characters have the armbands yeah, on. that's what I mean. I'm not like, even that they're Nazi. Did you just, like, need a way for the audience to see that they're Nazis? Yeah. Or, like, what I, are you doing? Because nobody else has costume pieces no, on. No, just the Nazis. And I was like, I feel, I could be wrong, that a high school, if you're going to do that, and you're going to keep the Nazis. I don't know enough about Cabaret to even know why the Nazis are pivotal. Because <laughs> it's... Because it takes place in... The, it takes place in the 1930s Germany. That's what I thought. Yeah. But I wasn't sure, so I just did it. But, so sure, if you knew it, I would still think what they would do, just a guess, is that for a high school, would be that they would have Nazi-esque uniforms and yeah. not actual... Not the actual <laughs> Nazi swastikas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't... I, but Cabaret is very, um... Like, the whole thing takes place in 
well, it, it's a cabaret. It's, right, it's a right, dance yes, club. Yes. And, but then by the end of it, like, it all falls away and they're actually in a concentration camp and some of the, the prisoners have the pink triangle, which is why I say it's a little maybe more like thematically, thematically related, related than yeah. Oliver, which is kind of a random choice. Yeah, but it's got that character name. Yeah. So. But yeah. but Cabaret, I believe, like also has like an abortion in yeah, it. It's and a pretty intense all, it's a pretty intense show. But it makes sense with the character that we know of the drama teacher. That's she does true. not give a shit. That's true. <laughs> like she's she's fucking <laughs> hardcore and she does not give a shit. She's like, We're putting on cabaret and with a vice principal who apparently wields all the power in the school, who as is as a uh, wannabe woke as their vice principal is, he'd be like, Sure, put on cabaret. Get real Nazi armbands, yeah. we'll put on cabaret. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought that the characters felt more authentically teenaged in the movie than they did in the book. I thought the book did a a pretty good job. But I think where a movie has an advantage there is that you can get actual teenagers to portray teenagers, whereas a book is always going to be someone who is probably older than a teenager trying to remember what it's like to be a teenager. teenager, So, you know, it was just, and it was the little things, like, they're awkward joking at the Halloween party and, yeah. like, checking out the football players and going to get coffee yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, because what it did, what I, the moment I didn't have in this movie that I recall, and I don't, no, I, yeah, I didn't have, and that I have a lot when watching high school movies or, uh, especially ones that are, like, a really clever, mm-hmm. or where the characters are really funny or clever, is that moment of, yeah, no high schoolers talk like yeah. this. Like the moment we had in a great show, Everything Sucks, where I was like, especially in the first few episodes, like, and they're, these are freshmen in high school. Mm-hmm. So freshmen in high school do not talk like this. No. These people are talking like 30-year-old uh, screenwriters yeah. who <laughs> try to remember <laughs> what they think they talked like when they were in high school. Where everything's like way more clever than anybody is when they're 14 years old. <laughs> like nobody <laughs> is that clever and witty all the time. Yeah. Um, And I also read, I think it was on the IMDb page, maybe, that the director would call cut, but keep the camera rolling. Yeah. And then use some of that, like, more organic footage where they're just interacting with each other. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I bet he does that on Flash, too. Probably. He's had a long time working with (laughs) young adults to figure out how to do this shit, so. Uh, Simon... Gets himself into way more of a mess in the movie than he does in the book. He tells way more lies. Like, in the book, he doesn't tell uh, Nick that... Well, he doesn't tell Nick, his friend, that Abby has another boyfriend. He doesn't lie to him and say that she's into Martin. Um, He he gets himself into, like, way more of a pickle in the movie. Yeah. I liked his parents in the movie more. No. Um, book parents may have been a little more realistic. They were a little more generic. Yeah. So I did. They dial up enjoy the quirkiness. His, yeah, I did enjoy his movie parents. And my last thing for better in the movie, um, that that cafeteria scene with the teacher, <laughs> I, it's not realistic at all, but I lived for it. Well, as a teacher, I can understand why you would. 
Yeah. Identify and with I, that And moment. I know, and I want to acknowledge that the sassy black woman trope is all played out. Yeah, that's true. But man, have there been some <laughs> asshats I've wanted to say that to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that right. You're yeah. No, I no. I I had a feeling I, to me. It felt. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's funny. And it's yeah. I had my issues that we talked about earlier. Uh, I hadn't considered the idea that. Yeah, she is definitely a little tropey. Yeah. In a, in a weird way that. Yeah. Well, so that's it for better in the movie. Let's get on to a few other random little things and then we'll wrap this up with our final verdict. Katie's final verdict. <laughs> but first, let's hit some general discussion. This is one of the other problems I had, and I say one of the other problems. It's just a little thing that felt a little weird. And it ties into the whole everything being too happy and too idealistic and too a little too saccharine and a little too easy. Um, is that Simon, like one of his opening monologue or whatever, he's like, you know, I'm just like you. Mm-hmm. He says that, and he says that numerous times throughout the movie. And I get why they're saying that. I get, mm-hmm. I get, yeah. What what the message we're trying to get across is like, look, you know, gay people are just people. There's normal people. They're just like you. Blah blah blah. But he's also super rich. <laughs> <laughs> His family is super wealthy, and it just felt a little. He's like kids watching You're this really movie. on a classist bent i just <laughs> i can't help but when somebody says i'm just like you uh-huh. i live in this giant th- two-story <laughs> 10 bedroomed mansion in I, I say mansion it's not a mansion but it is a fucking a nice huge house. house yeah like a really big nice house in a really nice neighborhood and they go to a really fancy high school I'm like okay yeah you're just like some <laughs> <laughs> You know, of us. Yeah. Not all of us. Yeah. I, I didn't grow up in a house like that, but... And I grew up relatively... I mean, relative to a lot of other people, I grew up fairly, very privileged. Mm-hmm. In the sense of, you know, we were middle class. But, like, it just... This is a little thing. It was just one of those things I was like, well, you know, sure. Just like us, but, like, rich. So... <laughs> it's not that you can't tell that story with that character being wealthy. I think you can. I think they did a great job of it. I love the film and I thought it still hits all the messages you want to. It was just that one little line kind of for some reason just nah. it was the context of when it happened and how he how he said, yeah, I'm just like you and then it cuts to him wandering through his nine bedroom house. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I was like, all right. No. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was funny more than anything. I just yeah, and I, I didn't get why why they put the story where they did and in the context they did, and it makes sense. So I don't have a problem with it, and I'm not. I mean, well, actually, I also, we need to seize the means of production. Oh, That's what I'm saying. No, I'm I also wanted to bring up that opening monologue because I thought it felt kind of weird and inorganic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mostly because, like, he introduces all of his friends, and then they introduced everyone again through footage, like, immediately after when he's yeah. picking them all up from their houses. And I'm like, yeah. could we not have yeah. at least combined? Streamline that a little yeah. bit? Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. No. That makes sense. But that was, that was like, the only thing... Like style wise, that I thought was weird because otherwise I really enjoyed the style oh, of yeah. this movie. Yeah. Like the way that things transitioned and the way that like the text would pop up on the screen yeah. um, and they like kind of showed 
how they were communicating with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I thought everything about how they handled all of that was really good. I thought, I mean, pacing wise, it's great. It's a really, it's a really well, it's just a well crafted movie. Like it's, it's streamlined. It's the pacing is spot on. Um, maybe the end was a little off, but in general, pacing was pretty much spot on. Uh, shot perfectly for a movie like this. Um, it didn't, you know, in contrast to something like A Wrinkle of Time, where you just watch, I never felt lost in any spaces. And again, it's a very different movie, but it was shot appropriately. Now. See, Greg Berlanti has about as much experience shooting this type of story as anybody does. Mm-hmm. So he's, I mean, he's, teenage dramas are sort of the, or teenage uh, relationship dramas yeah. are sort of like a thing he's done forever. So I, he kind of knows how to, to shoot and... And um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's gay, right? Yeah. And yeah. as one of the reasons I think I read that he, that he was so into this story was that mm-hmm. he was like closeted through high school and it was, he sort and of I, identified I really, a lot with the story. Because Hollywood is often not super good at this. And I really appreciate that they at least got a gay director. Finding somebody who who's lived the experience to tell a yes. story about that experience. Yeah. yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that was a, it was a smart choice. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's not because, always. And yeah, Hollywood has a, a tendency to not be super great at that. No, so. and they're getting better at it. Yeah, um, definitely getting better at it. It's just, it's yeah, and especially for this, it's because it's so pivotal to the story. You kind of have mm-hmm. to. Like, there's yeah. some stories that you know you can do where it's if it's not you know depending on what the story is, you don't. It doesn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. But for something like this. Again, you could probably find a straight person to do the tell this story and still have it be good, but it definitely makes sense. It's mm-hmm. just you're going to get a better story. I got to imagine when somebody knows and can identify so yeah. thoroughly yeah. with the main themes and elements of the story and has been there, done that to some extent. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting, and it's sort of in contrast to Ready Player One a little bit, uh, in a sense of um, so in Ready Player One, so one of the ultimate messages, kind of to some extent, was uh, you know the Online world's fine, but it's not real life, and real things don't happen there. And we need to, at least the movie version, to some extent. And it wasn't the overall, but like part of it, you know, we need to unplug from the internet. And now, this one obviously is so wildly different in every way. But one thing it did is that, I and I think it's a, it's a message that is really important in our current age, is that the internet is real life. Yeah. You don't. See, because I think a lot of uh, a problem with a lot of online interaction is people don't see it as real life, right? And it's really easy to uh, be really awful. And, and another element is the, the relationship that Bram and uh, Simon form just through email. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't try to cheapen that at all and say yeah. that that isn't you know somehow right. worthwhile yeah. or doesn't mean it. You know, in the same way, which there is some. Reality, or there is some truth to the fact that, you know, just having a relationship online in certain circumstances and certain situations doesn't, isn't necessarily the best or most healthy thing always. But at the same time, uh, online relationships are very real. Mm-hmm. And like, and then the connection you form with people has, has repercussions and the things you say on the internet have repercussions. And there's such a strong mentality along some people generally older than probably the target audience of this. Yes. I think, I think the target audience understands, but I don't know that, that the internet is real. Is that, you know, just going on Twitter and saying whatever the fuck you want and be like, well, it's on the internet. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't fucking like just, you know, saying whatever the fuck dumb shit you want to say or like mean shit you want to say on the internet and be like, well, it's just fucking lols 
just trolling, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not that's not how it actually works. Like there's other people right. reading it, and it's like the the internet is just the real life. Like yeah, no, I think that's a it's a good message, and I think it is also a good acknowledgement of the fact that because like the target audience for this is Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, and Gen Z even more so than us millennials. Yeah. Have been digital natives yeah. for all of their lives. Yeah, they have no. I mean, this, we knew a yeah. world without it. They don't. This is just real life for them, yeah. and I think this what that was. This film did a good job of acknowledging that. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think yeah, and I think even though even then I think I, I don't know, but I would guess that even some of that generation of Gen Z or whatever still don't. Even though it's their the only thing they've known, they still don't necessarily see it. And maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, maybe they. Maybe I think they, they do more than. Yeah. Well, definitely more than anybody else. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not not arguing that. I just you know wonder if maybe even still they still think that maybe saying something online, uh, or or posting something on you know, on a post secret site makes it doesn't have the same impact or they don't because it because it definitely allows you to post and say things a lot of people wouldn't say in real life. Yeah. And so, which is a good and a bad thing at times, but. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. I thought that sort of reiterating the idea, yes, the online, the internet is real. Like, this mm-hmm. is real life. It's not some fake imaginary thing that happens and then the rest of the world, like, keeps going on by itself. Like, this right. shit affects it, it real people's real lives. Real world repercussions. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I enjoyed that about it, so. I had one other note. Uh, it was just a brief note about the scene where he comes out to Abby. Definitely teared up during that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really well acted and just oof, good. Yeah, and it's funny, I've seen um, a lot of people talking about that online, of, like, that's, like, a thing coming out in cars. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, a thing, apparently. I could, I could see that, yeah. It's, it makes sense, because it's, one, it probably feels safe. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a place you are usually with another person that's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's nobody else listening. You're, if you, even if you're in your bedroom at home, your parents could be on the other side of the door. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. or, and there's no, you know, there's nobody else that's going to be able to hear whatever conversation you're having in a car, right. generally speaking. So I could see why that would be just even, um, subconsciously just yeah. a place that would. And you have something to focus on. Yeah. Cause you're driving or, or being a passenger or the other person has something to focus on. Yeah. Or, well, cause right? in the context Aside of the movie, they pull over just and parked, you. But, right. But yes. And I, I guess it doesn't work quite as well in the context of the movie because they do pull over. Yeah. But you're driving. You're not forced to look someone in the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But even even without even without being actively driving, that still all kind of applies because you still act similar way in a car when you're sitting yeah. in a car, and you're having a conversation. Generally, if you're both in the front seat, you're still going to be looking. Right. It's it makes sense and is normal for you to be looking out the window and not at the other person, so it's not doesn't feel as weird if you're not like mm-hmm. if we're sitting and having conversation face to face in a room, it's weird if the person a little more weird if the person turns and is staring somewhere else. But if you're in a car, even if it's pulled over, they're looking out the window, that's not Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It feels weird. And I've natural. actually I've read that as like random parenting advice as well, that like if you need to have yeah. a serious conversation with your kid to take them for a drive. Makes a lot of sense. Because it's like more conducive to being open yeah. about what's going on. Huh. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So. And uh it's a really well like, it's a really well done scene, really well acted. Yes. Yeah. It got to me. 
<laughs> and, and again, having never experienced even anything like that, I can only imagine if you had lived an experience like that. Mm-hmm. Like I've never had anybody come out to me. I've never come out to anybody. So I, but if you had somebody, if you had been on either end of that, mm-hmm. I feel like it would definitely even, even more um, potentially could affect you even more. So Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? Oh, but there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. This one was tough for me. Yeah, I could tell because you really liked the movie. I really liked the movie. And I also really liked the book. Both of them are more than worth your time, in my opinion. I'm going to have to give it to the movie. Nice. Because I think that this particular story really benefited from a visual medium. And I think it benefited from having actual teenagers. So those are my reasons. There's a lot of, <laughs> just a real quick to tack on, would, to expand on that a little, I think there's a lot of subtlety in a movie that is so dependent on the emotional the emotional heft and weight of a conversation. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's ultimately what coming out comes down to is a conversation uh, in the in the context of this movie, at least, because emotional conversations, there's so much subtlety in the way, in when you're looking at a person mm-hmm. and the everything they do and the way they they their body language and how they're speaking and and the words they choose, being able to see it, mm-hmm. and can add a lot to the emotional. Like I I don't right. know if I've ever cried reading a book passage. I'm sure maybe, mm-hmm. but it's it's tough. Because one, you don't have music going, you don't have a score going, you don't have right. the actual one-on-one sort of feeling of emotional connection with a, an actual right. Person. And that, I mean, that kind of emotional connection that you get through conversations. It's possible to write a really beautiful, well-crafted conversation, but then the other problem with that is that if you want your characters to convey emotion, you have to write that. Yeah, you have to Whereas write that out. With the movie. You can just see it on their faces. Exactly. And you don't have to disrupt the flow of what they're saying and the the messages that they're trying to convey to say, so-and-so looked down at the floor. Tears welling in the corners of their eyes. Yeah, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. I agree. And that's that's why I I think something like that definitely works really well uh, in in film. And it did. Uh, And it, and it, and it, it was... Utterly reliant on great performances, mm-hmm. and they got them from everybody. Yes. So they luck, uh, not lucked out. They cast the right people, and <laughs> got the right director, and that sort of thing. But yeah, cool. Movie's better, but book's really good too. On our next episode, Katie, is it a prequel or are we back? Are we doing four in a row? No, we are back on schedule okay. next week. We'll have a prequel episode, and then two weeks from next week. We'll have another regular episode, and we are doing Stand By Me. Oh, shit. Slash Stephen King's yeah. The Body. That's right. It's called The Body. In the yeah. Um, or it's a short story? or It's a novella. Okay. Uh, have you seen Stand By Me? Once. I've seen A long once. time ago. I, I remember, like, nothing about it. Yeah. Except that I used to get it confused with um, The Sandlot. The Sandlot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I knew you were going to say that because the covers, I think, are similar. They're kind of similar, and it's kind of a similar coming-of-age group yeah. of boys. Very different turns. And I think there's take. a character who wears, like, the stereotypical nerd glasses yeah, in both and, movies. Yeah, and it's Corey Haim and uh, I think, right? I think it's, or no, Corey, uh, the other one. One of the Corys, mm-hmm. um, Feldman, I believe, in Stand By Me. And then, yeah, it's a different kid mm-hmm. uh, in... And then one of them has a baseball hat. Like, yeah, I can yeah. see why you would, why you get that way. I've seen Stand by Me once. It's been, a, yeah, a while. Not like forever ago, but like it maybe was, three or four I years. I was uh, in my early teens. Okay, that was... I think so. It's been a while. I've seen The Sandlot much more because my little brother was obsessed with it. It's a great movie. It's it's a good movie. <laughs> yes, I've seen it a lot. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so cool. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch it again because I, I, I don't remember a lot about it. I must have watched it late and I was like dozing off. But I remember watching it and enjoying it. Just mm-hmm. don't remember everything about it. But um, Yeah, I'm, I'm interested because the movie is considered a classic. And I think a lot of people don't know the book. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, so that's uh, two weeks from now. That'll be Stand By Me. We'll preview it next week. I thought another fun thing we could do, and you can tell me. One, you can tell me if you like this. Two, people can tell me if they think this would be interesting. And it might not be, but it might be. I don't know. <laughs> we throw around some terms here and there. Not a ton and not too crazy. And maybe a lot of our – I don't want to be patronizing and assume our audience doesn't always know necessarily what we mean. But even if they know what the words mean, it might be interesting for us to explain what we mean when mm-hmm. we use those. And I And I mean – words like uh especially because there's a lot of misconception about some of the what these some of these words mean words like problematic mm-hmm. and words like um hold on i had a list i was starting right a list. no problematic because i always feel like i have to couch right problematic I before exactly. i say it uh but things like words like problematic uh tone deaf gatekeeping mm-hmm. uh, which that was more so specifically for ready player one but i think in general uh, and we can come up with some more but i thought that might be interesting sort of our uh are more progressive words that make some people really angry when you use them. Right. Well, I mean, that might be interesting um, to do in our prequel episodes as like a precursor to what we might discuss in the following episode, because we could also do like industry terms. Yeah. Because we toss those around sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was something that might be interesting. And maybe, yeah, maybe it would make more sense to do it week to week with something we know we're going to discuss, like like gatekeeping. I'm not going to... Talk, we're not gonna, that's not going to come up a lot in most things, but for mm-hmm. Ready Player One, it was very relevant, and I mentioned it a handful of times. I don't know how many people even know what that is. I'm, again, I don't want to be passionate and say people don't, but the way yeah. we mean it and the way we talk about it and certain other words like that, like I said, like problematic, all that kind of stuff, and sort of kind of uh, <laughs> to steal a slogan from a failed political campaign, a set the record straight on what some <laughs> of those, at least when we use those words, what that means yeah. and what they don't mean necessarily, uh, and I thought that might be interesting because like i said we throw them around and we don't even i was like i don't know if everybody Mm because we watch a lot of like video essays and online critical analysis and feminist analysis like that's the shit we really enjoy watching and listening to and reading we're into it yeah that's like a thing we sit up on the weekends and we watch youtube people talk about feminist critical analysis of michael bay films like that's the people we are (laughs) so i don't know if everybody there's those people (laughs) like I have a feeling most people aren't those people, or at least some. I'm sure a, a fair number of the people who would listen, enjoy and listen to our podcast would be the people who would do that, or at least to some extent. But it, that being said. So let us know if you would be interested in <laughs> uh, short, fun vocabulary yes. lessons. Yes. And I think it would just be a fun discussion in general. 
Um, and like you said, it might even make more sense to do it a bit by bit uh, and, 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 and have them be more related to the thing coming up and what we think may right. be relevant to, to that. To throw out a teacher term, that's called scaffolding. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> When you introduce knowledge and then you build on it, yeah. that's called scaffolding. And it could also be cool, like you said, I think industry terms and even technical terms from a filmmaking standpoint yeah. uh, to kind of – and I, I don't throw out a lot of film lingo just because, one, I'm not – I went to film school technically, <laughs> as I like to say, but I'm not like the world's most first film scholar by any stretch. But there are certain things here and there where it, it's important to know those kind of things for analyzing media, and I think the same can be said for literature, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so totally. yeah, I thought that would be a fun prequel thing. So if you like that idea, let us know. If not, uh, if you don't want a, 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 a like you said, a, a vocabulary lesson, then <laughs> let us know that way too. But we're going to do it anyway, so. <laughs> we'll make it super fun. It'll be super fun, yeah. All right. Uh, like I said, that's going to do it, or that is it for this episode of This Film Is Lit. Come back next week for the prequel episode to Stand By Me and a vocabulary lesson. Till then, keep watching books. <laughs> <laughs> keep watching movies, keep reading books, and keep being awesome. I guess you could also watch the books. Good. Nothing's stopping you. I'm not gonna do anything, but you could. I'm just gonna sit there. <laughs> <laughs>